Welcome to The Healthy Me. I'm Trina Felber, registered nurse and CEO of Primal Life Organics. I believe there's a healthy person living in everyone. The Healthy Me is designed to help you call up your healthy self, step out of your comfort zone, shake things up, and get results. So let's find and empower your healthy me. Hey everybody, Trina here at The Healthy Me, and today I like talking naughty, and I have a naughty nutritionist with me, so it's super cool. So um, let me tell you who I'm going to be talking to, who is this naughty nutritionist. So we're going to be talking about health foods that heal and health foods that harm. We all know that that's a possibility, we just don't talk about it. What you need to know for a healthy you. So I am going to be talking to Dr. Kayla T. Daniel. She is the naughty nutritionist because she tells the truth that's too hot to handle and that nobody else is talking about. She's the co-author of the best-selling book, Nourishing Broth, old-fashioned remedy for the modern world, and author of The Whole Soy Story, The Dark Side of America's Favorite Health Food, and Hook, Line, and Stinker, The Truth About fermented cod liver oil, which is so good, but does stink. She has appeared on Dr. Oz, PBS, Healing Quest, and other shows. She's been a speaker at Paleo FX, which is one of the places I love to gather, Ancestral Health, and other conferences. She received the Integrity in Science Award from the Weston A. Price Foundation in 2005, the Health Freedom Fighter Award from Freedom Law School in 2009, and I like this one, the Badass Award, from the Paleo Primal Price, which is now Hunt, Gather, Grow Foundation in 2005. 15. Dr. Kayla currently serves as the president of the Hunt, Gather, Grow Foundation and on the board of directors for the Price Pottinger Nutrition Foundation. Dr. Kayla, welcome to the show. Thank you. I love the naughty nutritionist. That's awesome. Well, it's so much fun. People are so tired of all the inconsistent and contradictory dietary advice, so I have fun with it. Um, My brand's about education plus entertainment. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) So what are some of the dirty little secrets in the food industry, especially the health food industry? I know that's what what we are here to talk about. Well, uh, red meat and butter and cream and eggs are good for us and many health foods, including kale and shakes and bars. And uh, they can kill us. And not just because they taste so bad, we'll wish we were dead. No. What? What are you talking about? Tell me. Tell me more. (laughs) Well, our ancestors um, ate traditional foods, animal foods. They had omnivorous diets. They honored all parts of the animal, not just the muscle meats, but also the organ meats. They made bone broth out of the carcasses. These were true health foods. And when we start allowing father technology and marketing and money to take foods apart into parts, where we're calling parts of them good and parts of them bad. That increases the profits, but it's not what Mother Nature intended. So why should we trust Mother Nature's wisdom over Father Technology's inventions? Well, um, I think Mother Nature is very wise, and we need to respect all of us wise old crones. And (laughs) Mother Nature's wisdom goes back tens of thousands of years, and Father Technology, it's the new inventions, the contrivances, and they're often driven by money and cleverness. Yeah, technology is great, but it's not always the best answer. Yeah, and, you know, there's a lot of really 
what seemed to be good ideas. And then in time, we find out that, in fact, Mother Nature was right all along. I know I found that out with skincare too. That's that's my beef is that, you know, Mother Nature knows best. So always go back to Mother Nature. She's not going to do you harm. She's going to keep keep a lookout for you. So what's your opinions of shakes? I know a lot of people use, um, and I, I myself, will use shakes and smoothies. You know, there's energy drinks out there, energy bars. What's your opinion on those types of foods? Well, with many of the clients I work with, uh, say if they've been skipping meals, skipping breakfast, uh, if they're starving and then they're tempted to eat really, really terrible things. I think for some of those people, you know, a good quality shaker bar can be a real lifesaver for those people. So Mm -hmm. maybe it's a good transitional food, but I really like to get people eating real foods, foods they cook from scratch where the ingredients they're buying from their farmers or growing from in their own gardens. And all these powders and, and bars, and, you know, I know it's a real growth part of the whole food industry, but, I mean, they don't really look like food if you think about it. No, I, I've not seen real food come in a little plastic container, right? <laughs> or a plastic wrap, something that you have to actually open. <laughs> what about supplements? Uh, you know, supplementation and um, that kind of thing. Well, most people do need some, and there's a lot of reasons for that. We have very depleted soils to start with, so our foods are are really depleted in minerals to start with, for example. And then in terms of vitamins and other nutrient content, the transportation, if it's coming all the way across the country or even from another country, the transportation itself is causing great nutritional losses. So you add that in with the fact that many people are eating poorly to begin with, not in a variety, not traditional foods, and people are depleted. And then, of course, if they've got some health conditions, maybe we do need to uh, supplement to, to try to rectify those conditions. It's just that we need to choose our supplements with intelligence. We need to be considering things like laboratory work because... A lot of very intelligent people will be taking bag loads of products that maybe are not right for them. They might be good quality products that mm-hmm. might be perfect for you, but not for your best best friend. That's that's very true. Some people might just be taking the wrong products and, and you're not feeling better because it's just not the right supplement or the right product to fill in the gap because really that's what the supplement is meant to do. Fill in a gap that um, your dietary is lacking. Um, And I like what you said about the soil being depleted because I talk about that a lot too about dental health because that's really a key factor in why our dental health is um, declining, which builds upon the rest of your health. Um, But it's it's the basis and the foundation for your um, the minerals to go back into your teeth. And because the soil is so lacking, and even organic soil is lacking in minerals. So it's not just, you know, any soil, but even the organic foods are lacking in minerals as well. So it, it doesn't just affect your mouth, it affects your whole body, which is really important. The best thing with the organic, of course, is what it doesn't have, the, the commercial pesticides, uh, the, the Roundup, the herbicides, all of those different different things that uh, we want to avoid if we're going to be healthy. Yes, very true. Yeah, it's more about what you're avoiding than what you're getting because you're getting the same out of regular soil. You're just getting more of the harm. Um, What about, um, let's talk about cod liver oil. Um, And what's your take on cod liver oil? 
Well, uh, cod liver oil is traditional food, uh, very familiar to people in Scandinavia and in the north, and giving them uh, not only the components of fish oil like the EPA, DHA, omega-3 fatty acids, but giving us vitamin A and vitamin D. And the natural cod livers or the cod liver oil from them would have a, a balanced level of A and D. And most people today have heard they need vitamin D, but very few people are looking at A. And many, many people are depleted. So that can be a very good source, but it's very important that it be not rancid. Yes. <laughs> and so buy bo small bottles, uh, use it up quickly. If it feels off, tastes off, smells off, throw it out. You know, it's going to be the same with any oil you're using in your kitchen. Uh, oils are fragile. You know, they cannot be exposed to light, oxygen, uh, heat. They start to go bad very quickly. So the thing is with cod liver oil, the, the type to absolutely avoid is one brand of fermented cod liver oil. Because think about it, you cannot ferment an oil. You ferment carbohydrates. If you ferment an oil, it goes rancid. If you ferment a protein, it goes putrid. It's too good. Yeah, that, that would be the health food gone bad, right? That, that could just not be good for you. Exactly. And a whole lot of people have been led to believe that this uh, absolutely putrid, rancid, fermented cod liver oil that burns their throat and tastes so bad that some people want to throw up is somehow good for them. And they should somehow get it down and, and feed it to their children as well. And they got the idea that this is natural, and in fact, it's not that traditionally uh, oil that cod liver oil that has been fermented to that extent were allowed to just rot in barrels. It doesn't really ferment rot in barrels is used to paint houses. You know, they add iron oxide and they got red paint. That's what you, do. you uh, paint your houses in Norway. Oh, that just doesn't even sound good. <laughs> so what do you recommend? What do you have a brand that you recommend that people can investigate? Look, look at. Well, the one you want to avoid at all costs is green pasture. Okay. That's the fermented one. Um, all of the others, um, I think people need to choose whether they like the idea of something that's more fresh, something where there's been father technology involved. And, you know, here's a perfect example of where father technology comes in. Because in our great-grandparents' day, they did not have the quick refrigeration, the airplanes, the technology to, to produce a supplement like that under conditions that would reduce the possibility of rancidity. And now we have that. And how much we're going to do, some people don't like the idea of the processing like that. But the truth is it does prevent the rancidity and you've got a, at least a safer product. Right. So I let people make their own choices, you know, which way they want to go. It's just the one to avoid is anything that tastes rancid or, or bad or off. You know, if you've just opened the bottle and that happens, return it to the manufacturer. If it's gone bad because you've left it around, you do not want to leave this stuff uncapped on top of your counter. No, I can't imagine. <laughs> But by the same token, you know, we shouldn't be doing that with our olive oil, avocado oil, or any of these others, you know, 
uh, a lot of us paleo people, we've got our our bacon fat sitting around and, you know, we, we need to take care of all of these. Absolutely. But the traditional ones like lard and tallow and bacon fat, they actually uh, do have enough saturated fats in them to protect them to some extent. Yeah. I know. I remember my mom always saving the bacon grease and using it. And I, I've done that a little bit here and there. Um, but yeah, you've got to, you've got to protect it too. Cause it's nothing's worse than contaminated or rancid oils. I mean, that's just not good for you. What about soy? Let's talk about soy. Cause I know like for some time there, soy was really popular and then it kind of got a bad name. So talk about soy a little bit. Does it have a dark side or is it a good thing? It sure does. And I'm somewhat responsible for soy getting a bad name. I have to take credit for this. <laughs> <laughs> there she is. You wanted the face with the person that did that. Here we go, Dr. Kayla. <laughs> so my book, The Whole Soy Story, came out in 2005. And I was researching it for several years prior to that. And it was a long project. It was one of those things where I got into it thinking, hey, I can do a quick book on this. But it was more complicated than I originally planned. You, well, know, you, you weren't expecting to find all that information, right? Like. <laughs> Yeah, there was, and, and it, it's always complicated uh, when you've got thousands of studies and you really need to look at whether they're, they're well done studies. You need to look at the data and not just the, the line that you want that might be in the abstract. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. You can't just pull out one piece. You have to actually look at everything. Well, the interesting thing is that many of the studies that say the soy industry may have paid for, the abstract supports the soy industry. But if you actually look into the body of the report, you may find other interesting material in the discussion and the data and you build your case. Yeah. So what what is the case that you built against soy? Tell us the dirty little secrets and the naughty news about soy. Okay, well, soy, uh, we have more than 70 years of studies linking soy to malnutrition, digestive problems, immune system breakdown. Um, soy is now one of the top uh, seven allergens, soon to be in the top four. It's been linked to reproductive problems, infertility, and uh, yes, loss of libido. Uh, some of the first things people will tend to notice is that they'll start developing thyroid problems. Yeah, thyroid problems are pretty common. I mean, when you're when you're using or eating soy quite a bit, and this goes for like soy milk and you know anything that has soy. I'm assuming, right? Yeah, it can be. Uh, like with any toxin, it's a matter of the dose and the duration, and you know. With, with soy, uh, people expect that I'm 100% anti-soy, and but the truth is I enjoy my miso soup. I have a little tofu once in a while. Um, natto actually is a health food. It's full of vitamin K2, very usable. Now, of course, natto is definitely an acquired taste and smell. Um, you know, it is a genuinely fermented product. <laughs> And it smells and tastes so bad that they have a separate room for natto eaters in, in Japanese restaurants. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> well, you know, it's an acquired taste. Yeah. I mean, some people would rather, um, you know, be strung up by their fingernails than ever eat natto and other people relish it. Yeah. Um, and so those people get their own room. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, you know, but in terms of a dirty little secret that's kind of fun, um, the place where they eat the most soy in Asia is the Zen monasteries. And it seemed that the monks noticed that when the tofu consumption went up, the naughty behavior went down. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, my goodness. So there's proof right there that it affects your libido and everything else around that. People always want to know what soy is good for. And I say it's good for monks who want to maintain their vows of chastity. It's good to give to husbands who've been unfaithful. (laughs) Good for politicians with the zipper problem. See, you got it right here from the naughty nutritionist. There you go. That's when you use your soy. Oh, my gosh. Well, tell me, like, let's talk about the thyroid. Because your thyroid gland is responsible for a lot of things. So how does soy affect it? Well, I want to first say that soy is not the only demon in the environment. That's true. Would it be that simple? But we've got many problems in the environment, things that damage the the thyroid, including chlorine and fluoride and the plastics, the, the plastic estrogens, the xenoestrogens or the phytoestrogens. So, you know, the drinking water, you know, people's medications, I mean, it just goes on and on. There are just so many ways we can harm the thyroid. But in terms of diet, many, many people who start going on a soy kick, and it's usually they decide to get healthy. They've heard that meat and animal products and fat are bad for them. They start thinking, well, I don't want to go high carb. How do I get high protein, but be plant-based? Then they start doing a lot of soy. So maybe they're replacing uh, dairy products with soy milk. Maybe they're replacing meat with soy energy bars or shakes. Or there's just many ways people people go wrong. They start eating a lot of soy. And if they're women in perimenopause or menopause and they start finding their thyroid is tanking and they lost their energy, their doctors are likely to say, well, what do you expect? You've reached the advanced age of 45 or 50. And well, so I can be a factor there. I, I love how diet never comes into play with a lot of these, you know, discussions that you have with your physicians and practitioners. So it, it, it is really important. Some of those doctors, they've they've learned the wrong thing. They're advising people to have the soy. Because, yeah, I mean, it came out as this health food. Yeah. So that's where I come in, and I'm naughty. You know, if you've heard soy's good, it's probably bad. If you've heard red meat's good, um, well, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Bad, um, that's probably not right. But on the other hand, I would strongly encourage people to do grass-fed, pastured, uh, because we cannot support factory farming on either personal level or animal rights level or environmental. Right. Yeah. And nutritional stand, you know, when you're looking at nutrition too, um, it, it's definitely worth the extra money um, to buy the, you know, the pasture raised. It's totally got so much more nutritional benefit for everybody. Why do you recommend that broth be the foundation of a diet? Well, we have that saying that health begins in the gut. So whatever your symptoms are, if you've got joint problems, you've got headaches, you've got you know bad menstrual cramps, whatever the initial symptoms are, you still start with healing the gut. And broth is an amazing healer of the gut. You know, it sort of soothes it. And also, there's the whole issue of broth having some very special nutrition in it. 
And a lot of people think it's, it's high in minerals, but it's actually not, although the minerals that are in there are, are probably very absorbable. It's because the broth is high in collagen. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love collagen. You can't go wrong with collagen. Yeah. And so whether you have uh, bone issues, there's not a lot of calcium in the broth, but hey, the collagen framework is how you build strong, flexible bones. And then the minerals lie on it, but that collagen framework's key. It's like you're trying to build a sidewalk or a skyscraper with concrete, but you forget the rebar. Right. It just doesn't hold up as well, right? <laughs> and as we age, we lose collagen. We're just losing more than we produce, or and and we're it's structurally that's what kind of keeps us looking younger in our skin as well. Um, yeah. Well, that's one of the first things people notice that when they start increasing their amount of genuine bone broth in the diet, or in this case, you know, you can you can use some good supplements like I like Vital Proteins uh, cartilage mm-hmm. product and the collagen peptide product. You can immediately notice better nails, better skin. And I do that, you know, I throw that into a smoothie or even just mix it into juice. You, you mentioned Vital Proteins and I know those guys, I love them. And their products are very easy to just throw a scoop in with like a juice a fresh juice that you've freshly squeezed or um, any kind of drink, even water. So it's not like it's complicated or hard to do. Well, when you're doing the collagen peptides or, or a collagen hydrolysate, um, there's no taste or smell or what we call mouthfeel. So you can mix it into whatever, um, say you're working with the client, maybe ultimately they might need to not drink coffee, but in the meantime, they can have some collagen in their coffee or in their tea or on their food. Right. And it, it you're just adding to what they're already doing, but making it a healthier version, something that's going to actually implement growth and sustainability within the body. That's, that's very much what I try to do with a lot of my clients. So, you know, we first upgrade the standards, you know, with organic fair trade coffee, you know, let's get the quality up. Yes. And, uh, and then as people get healthier, we start working on what maybe they specifically need to cut back on. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Because you can't make too many changes all at once. Most people can't adapt to that. But making small changes builds out more milestones than making big changes a lot of times. I think so. And upgrading their, what they often consider the bad habit helps the transition. You know, they're happier campers. They're more cooperative. (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) I've heard you say nose to tail eating. What the heck do you mean by that? Well, that's where broth fits in and eating organ meats like liver and heart or with chickens, the gizzards, um, where that plays a part. Because our ancestors, if they killed an animal, they would honor it by using all parts of the animal. I mean, they used the leather, they used the meat, they used the bones, they used everything. And one of the ways people have gone astray in our modern world is people have enough money and it's very convenient to, say, buy lamb chops and steaks and not buy the cheaper cuts. Now, our ancestors were more frugal, uh, but there's Mother Nature's wisdom in that, too. We do need to be eating a lot of those organ meats. And this is a perfect example of, of when a supplement might be appropriate because The truth is we get a lot of resistance when we tell people to eat liver. 
Now, I don't quite get that because I think liver with onions and bacon is really delicious, but not everybody agrees with me. (laughs) So, you know, the liver capsules can be a way to do that. But I really like a lot of these things like gizzards. We cook them a long time and saute them in butter and salt. And I mean, they are a pretty darn good paleo or keto snack. <laughs> now, chewy. They're chewy and they're tasty and they're nutritious too. I mean, you can, you can, eat, yeah. I, and you can get a whole container for like $1.17. Yeah, really? Because nobody wants them. Yeah, um, so maybe we should be quiet about this. That's yes. our secret. <laughs> there she's being naughty again. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell your friends. <laughs> but so many people think it, it becomes too expensive to uh, to eat organic, to have that much meat. But they're thinking about the prices of lamb chops and rib roasts. Well, you're right because, like you said, our ancestors would eat the entire animal where we are so used to going and getting chicken breast, and that's it. Like, you yeah. know, the chicken breast or, you know, the, the wings or whatever the case may be, but you're just buying the piece or the part and not really, you're missing out on a whole bunch of nutrition that's in that animal that's yeah. meant to be in mm-hmm. you, that, that you need to sustain yourself to be healthy. And any, let's face it, any supplement that you take is never going to be as good as the real thing. Like really, they come close, but... Yeah. You know, really, if you can get it from the real source, the original source, then you're always better off. Well, that's because Mother Nature put in things that we may not even be aware of yet. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because most of the I mean, especially if you're eating an animal that's grass fed, you know, it's all the nutrients that are in the grass from that area, the honeybees, you know, from that area, all of that stuff is pertinent to a specific area. So the more local you can buy, even better, um, obviously, because it's going to contain the stuff that's in your area from, you know, the animals. So tell me about Dirty Little Secrets. What's that all about? I decided that it was time to tell the truth um, on the detoxification fad. And that has to do with the dirty little secret that you really cannot do this, you know, with six days and, and, uh, you know, or 10 days and a few shakes and um, a few pills and... What? There's more to detox than that? You're kidding me. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but I think the people that I will connect with are perhaps the ones who've tried that and felt they failed at it. And we really need to be considering something that is going to be more of a long-term thing where we gradually, slowly, and steadily remove the toxins from our body and support our body with the nourishment it needs to um, be able to handle this as an ongoing thing. I agree because even if you eat clean and you're, you're healthy, you're drinking good water and drinking plenty of water, you're still exposed to a lot of stuff that, you, you, you know, just even pollution, walking outside, you're exposed to a lot of stuff. And water, you know, tap water contains a lot of harmful ingredients. So you're, you're just exposed to things on a day-to-day basis. So I, for me, I've always viewed detox not as something I do once a month or once a year. But, you know, and I might do a deep detox once every six months. I've done like the water detox and things like that. That's more to reset myself, but I do a continuous detox. You know, I've got the, I've got a infrared sauna, um, you know, drink plenty of water, do some charcoal. I do some bentonite clay, internal cleansing, but I'm doing this on a continuum 
to keep myself because I know every day I'm being exposed to stuff. What is that your feeling as well? I'm assuming. Well, we, we cannot avoid being exposed. I mean, you can live in a really remote area and down's coming the acid rain. I mean, we can't avoid this stuff. And uh, on top of that, most of us are not living in a very remote area. Most of us are exposed to the wonders of technology. And I am a fan of technology. I like to to be able to fly across the world. Yeah. I mean, this is something I enjoy greatly. Uh, I like my Mac. Um, we're exposed to, to Wi-Fi. There's the, the, all the electromagnetic field issues. There are just so many ways we need to try to clean up our lives. And we just don't realize what internally it does to us. It really does sludge things up. And if we don't continuously detox... Um, the sludge just keeps building and building until you end up with some sort of symptom because your body has to be able to communicate to you that there's something wrong. Yeah, and one of my mentors, the late Hazel Parcells, who died at age 106, she liked to come up with these little common sense sayings. She'd say, uh, if you want to get dry, you have to get out of the rain. <laughs> And, you know, it's something our grandparents probably said all the time, but it's so true. And wherever in our lives we can clear things up, say, create a non-toxic house, for example, you know, get rid of the carpets, um, get a corded landline phone, which you use most of the time, have your computer not on Wi-Fi, but with the, you know, the hookup, you know, do all this kind of thing. Because, you know, when we go outside, we, we don't have that protection. So the areas where we can control things, it's best that we do so. Yeah, because we've kind of let our control go and um, it's become quite extreme. You, you're right. We're very um, like you, you can be tied to nothing. Like we used to be tied to the landlines. You can only talk on the phone for as long as the cord would go. Now you can go anywhere. So sometimes it's better to just tie yourself back to the wall and uh, sit down and have a conversation instead of everything else that we're doing. I agree. Well, I see people out jogging and, you know, they're doing it, you know, in the middle of traffic, plus they're talking on the phone. And I keep thinking, who the heck are they talking to? <laughs> because I don't do that that much. I know you do have to disconnect. You really do have to spend some time disconnected. Um, we went on a cruise one time, and I thought for sure it'd be the first time in my life that not life, but the first time in a long time that I wouldn't be able to get be connected by my phone. And once you know, in the middle of nowhere, I was getting text messages, and I thought, this is ridiculous. No, I don't want this. I'm here. You know, I want to be here, not be here. So, well, I thank you so much for giving us your dirty little secrets or inviting us to share your dirty little secrets. And um, I, I, applaud everyone and anyone and including you especially you for opening your mouth because it has saved us a lot of um maybe thyroid problems you know and a lot of other issues that we might not even be aware that we could have had so it's for people that have big mouths like you that like to open them <laughs> um dr kayla what's your website where where can they check you out i'm at drkayladaniel.com that's D-R-K-A-A-Y-L-A 
D-A-N-E-I-E-L.com. Awesome. And we'll have that posted as well. Sorry. And we'll probably put it right here on the screen as well for people viewing. So thank you so much for joining us and giving us your information, um, you know, talking about the foods that heal and the foods that we think that heal because they sound really good, but they actually cause more harm than good. So I really appreciate all the wisdom that you've shared with us. And, you know, if we can even just get across to people that it's not necessarily that some things are bad. It's just that we overdo it. So just even if you, if you like soy, it's not the end of the world. Just moderation, right? All right. Thank you, Dr. Kayla, for joining us. And I appreciate everyone taking time out of their day to spend time with me and the naughty nutritionist. So, all right, everybody. Until next time, have a great day. Trina here. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to the Healthy Me podcast and be sure to rate it and review it on iTunes or wherever you're listening. You can like the Healthy Me Facebook page and follow us on Instagram at thehealthyme underscore com. Remember, the info on the Healthy Me podcast is not to be taken as medical advice. You should always talk with your doctors before trying anything we discuss. Until next time, live in your healthy me.